Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDM Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives. We hope you enjoy the show. Honestly, like I've never had any health issues until coming off of the birth control pill. Like even when I was on birth control, I was so, so healthy, clear skin, had so much hair, like so much energy, like everything was completely normal. And then as soon as I stopped taking it, everything just went to crap basically. And I like, I remember like pulling huge, huge chunks of my hair out and just getting like full blown panic attacks. And I've never had any mental health issues before in my life. So yeah, honestly, for me, it was all correlated back to the pill. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We have a bit of a small but exciting name change coming, which I will explain to you guys soon, depending on where you're listening to this. You might have already seen it, but it's no big deal for you as the listener all the same great content just maybe a little bit of a different direction with the name and again we'll explain why that is but today nothing new overall we are interviewing a fellow functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and this is one of my uh, i feel like i say this is one of my most fun or favorite interviews in a while all the time (laughs) maybe that's just because they keep getting better and better or because i believe that every single time i have no idea but this one is definitely truthfully important to my heart uh, something that I care about very much, and it's because we're interviewing Katie McCursey, and she is an acne nutritionist based out of Toronto, Ontario. So she is someone who has dealt with this stuff as well, um, not necessarily for 13, 14, 15 years, whatever it was for myself, um, in a severe way at least, but it came out of nowhere for her. And she was on the birth control pill for a while. All of a sudden, she stopped taking the birth control pill, and that is when a whole slew of symptoms began with her. Now, what I love about Katie is she was highly proactive and just got things under control much faster than most of us do, myself fully included. And I think this is a really good sign for the direction that the world is taking. And I also think it's just a huge compliment to her, the fact that she was able to think outside the box so quickly and realize, okay, I need to go do something else. I need to try something else to really get this under control. Because it really was only a matter of several years before Katie found the functional side and got her health back and got her skin back under control. So I thought that was amazing. As you guys know from listening to these interviews, it not only took me over a decade to get this anywhere under control, that's what it is for most people. We've had people that have exceeded three decades of health issues on this show before they were lucky enough to find the world of functional healthcare. And that's why I can't stress enough. I will always say it, and I hope that this is not looked uh, looked at as a promotional thing because, yes, it could be that, but it's a lot more than that. Please share this. Please leave five-star reviews if you like it. If you don't like it, fantastic. You never have to listen again, right? But if you're enjoying this and you get something from this, please let other people know about it. There are people out there that have very serious health issues, guys, that are having implications. Those health issues, that uh, that is. They're having implications in their family life, in their friends, in their work, whatever. They need to know about this. <laughs> life is way too short. And I say this as a person who's actually been through this. The sooner we can know about the information, the better. I am not for forcing anyone to make a choice one way or the other. If they want to use just Western medicine or just functional or mix it up together, and I think probably the best answer for most people is to mix up both together for at least some period of time on each side. But they have to have a choice. It's not fair if they don't have a choice. 
And so if you agree with that, please, a simple five-star review on Apple or Spotify goes a long way. Sharing this with a friend or on social media goes a really long way. We'd really appreciate that. And I'm sure the people out there who are suffering with this stuff that have no idea that it exists uh, would probably appreciate it too. So again, just a little summary about Katie. I'll cover some things twice here. So Katie McCursey, founder of Holistico, is an acne nutritionist based out of Toronto, Ontario, who graduated from FDN in 2020. Since then, she's already helped hundreds of women all around the world clear their skin from the root cause using nutrition and natural medicine. She had her own struggles too with hormonal and digestive-related acne after coming off the birth control pill many years ago. She found herself searching for answers that Western medicine could not provide, which ultimately led her um, on her own holistic healing journey. And acne, certainly, as someone who's dealt with this, is one of those conditions where I'm sorry, Western medicine in general is just not made for this. The best thing that they can do is mask the symptom, which is, I mean, let's be honest, what it really ends up happening a lot in the world of Western medicine. But the absolute best case scenario in Western medicine related to acne is that they mask the symptom. The worst case is it doesn't work. Your skin gets a lot worse and you have side effects because of what was ever was given to you. Acne is the perfect example of the result of what is happening in our modern world. No, I don't believe, as someone who's dealt with this, I'm not trying to be ignorant or offensive, as someone who's dealt with this, I do not believe for a second that people should be running around with significant uh, significant amounts of acne. It's a warning sign from the body that we're pushing a little too hard. Something's going on, Digestive's not, our digestive tract's not functioning right, our hormones aren't right. It could be multiple things. And on a side note, it's really cool how Katie breaks down these different types of acne in the show towards the middle. Uh, but besides the point, it's one of those conditions where I I just don't see it getting better truly for most people unless they start implementing some of the functional stuff. So not only do we talk about the normal story-based type of thing today, I would actually consider this episode more of an acne intensive because since Katie and I share this, we ended up uh, kind of diverting from the normal route. And honestly, probably 40 minutes of this show was just questions about acne. What does she think about this? What I think about that? It was really, really cool. And because of that, it, I, in my opinion, I could just be wrong, right? I think we're always more critical of the things that we produce. I feel as if it's a little all over the place. And I hope that you don't picture it that way. But I'm always open to feedback. You know, I'm always trying to make the show better for you guys in any way that I can. So if you found that this was all over the place and you would have liked it to be more structured like normal, please feel free to leave me a comment on our Podbean. Search for the Health Detective Podcast on Podbean. And just leave me a comment. Say, hey, Ev, you know, I'd love it if you did this with this episode. Or I'd love it if you couldn't do that. All good. I will take zero offense and we will get better because of it. So without further ado, let's get to the episode and learn about some acne with Katie McCursey. All right. Hey there, Katie. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Oh, I am probably just because of the topic more excited than I have been in a while. And I love all of our guests. That's not a condemnation towards anyone. But of course, we are all going to have our bias towards health issues that we've struggled with and dealt with. And I know that like your niche is literally acne helping people with that. And oh my goodness, I just there's no shortage of a need for that. That is absolutely the case. Mm -hmm. And also too, I mean, I just I I'm so glad to see more people out there serving people with it because it's one of those things where the aesthetic aspect of it just hurts people so bad mentally that they will end up, and I've been here myself, making very poor health choices with how they deal with the acne just to try to feel better um, 
you know, just for the day. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go take the Accutane or I'm going to use this really dangerous cream or an antibiotic or whatever. So yeah. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself for sure. I I'm, can't wait to dive into that with you. For now, I want to start off with just the same question that we always ask everyone to get these podcasts rolling for the Health Detective Podcast. And what I want to ask is when did your health symptoms start and what did they look like? Yeah, so obviously a lot, a lot of acne I was dealing with. I think it started a few years ago when I came off of birth control. So basically, I just randomly stopped taking my birth control pill because I didn't have access to get it anymore. And then I think the acne probably like two months is like two months after I came off the pills when it really started to get bad. Um, I remember I like lost my period that was like the first kind of weird thing that I that I noticed. And I was like, I'm not sure what's happening here. And then just got hit with like a ton of digestive issues, like intestinal gas and abdominal pain. And then the kind of crazy painful cystic acne came. It came with like a lot of rosacea as well. Um, so yeah, it was just a few months after coming off of the pill. And I had no idea, like when I came off of the pill, I had no idea that it could cause acne or hormone imbalances or anything like that. Like I, I was totally uninformed. Yeah, that is not the first time I've heard that, especially with the birth control just causing so many things once people are off of it. And then even worse, right? Most people that are uninformed, they go back to the doctor and they're like, okay, no problem. We'll get you back on the birth control. And it's like, yeah. oh my goodness, that was not the issue, my friends. Like, holy crap. Or my favorite, well, not literally favorite, is, you know, mid 20 something year old women coming off and, oh, I don't have a period anymore. Oh, that's totally normal. Don't worry, that happens. I'm like, that is not normal, folks. Like, you should be hella fertile like you should not be off the cycle oh my gosh so exactly wow that's a podcast in and of itself right so and uh, just to be clear was the acne like was that like a teenage thing it started out oh sorry you did say a few years ago that just hit me yeah Um, i never i honestly like i've never had any health issues until coming off of the birth control pill like even when i was on birth control i was so so healthy clear skin had so much hair like so much energy like everything was completely normal and then as soon as i stopped taking it like everything just went to like crap basically and I like I remember like pulling huge huge chunks of my hair out and just getting like full-blown panic attacks and I've never had any like mental health issues before in my life so yeah honestly for me it was all correlated back to the pill and then of course yeah the doctors like were like no it has nothing to do with that Yeah, forgive me on that one. I must be on autopilot because I literally knew the answer to that question. I saw, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, what age is the star? I'm like, okay, she just said a few years ago. So you get off the birth control pill and I, I'm guessing, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing, especially as someone who just self-described themselves as healthy most of their life, was having these health issues just in general kind of like shocking? Like what, where do you go next after that? Were you talking to the doctor or what did those steps look like? Yeah, honestly, I just like, I remember just like crying every day. I had no idea what to do, but I went back to the doctor because I didn't even know what a naturopathic doctor was or a functional medicine doctor or anything like that. Like I had no idea they even existed to be honest. Um, So yeah, I went back to the doctor. They like ran some labs and stuff and they diagnosed me with like a bunch of things. So I, at the end of it, I got diagnosed with, PCOS, hypothalamic amenorrhea, SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, IBS, and I think hypothyroidism shortly after as well. So I got diagnosed with like so many different things and PCOS was the first one. So that was the one I was kind of doing the most research into and everything online was like go keto and all that. Like they really pushed diet culture and it was kind of hard to like navigate through that because I fell into the whole diet culture thing as well. And that obviously did a lot more harm than good for me. 
Okay. Um, so I just don't, I guess what I'm trying to get is the transition to even going to a naturopathic doctor. I mean, that's not something that some people, Katie, will ever do. And I've talked to people who've dealt with health issues for 20 years. So what specifically, because this is always a really important question for me, because I want to figure out how we can make a society where people are open to these different types of teachings or ways of dealing with health issues sooner. I mean, what, what was it actually that transitioned you from the doctor that you were using the birth control with? And then you had to like, I mean, you had to kind of stop. You said not by even by choice. It was just like, Oh, well something happens and now I can't take this anymore. Yeah. How do you end up in a naturopathics office though, or online with them? Cause not everyone's going to take that route. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it was just because the doctor gave me no options other than going back on the birth control pill. And I did go back on it for like a month. I remember cause I was in so much pain and like, didn't know what else to do, but yeah, they just gave me no other options. So then I, I think I found some YouTuber um, on the internet and they were like, yeah, like I see this naturopathic doctor for my PCOS. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like I'm desperate. I'll give it a shot. And then I remember like my first um, like appointment with a naturopathic doctor. She like, she started explaining like things like seed cycling, which I'm not a fan of and I don't recommend it to my clients now. But like at the time I didn't, I didn't know what was kind of going on. Um, but she recommended seed cycling and going like with the phases of the moon and everything. And it was so funny because I like to me at the time I was like, Oh my God, that's crazy. Like what? Like that has nothing to do with our bodies, but now it's like, I'm like so into it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny looking back how stuff will transition, right? The beliefs I had before, and then you see certain things work or certain things that matter about health that might've, yeah, sounded kind of woo woo before. Yeah, um, and then you, exactly. uh, especially with what we do though, thankfully, I mean, it's so science-based that, you know, you could get into different branches of functional medicine for sure. But at the core of what we do at FDN, I mean, it's about as science-based as it comes, which I love. Yeah. So I, that makes a lot more sense, though, with the YouTube thing, because I know, oh my gosh, if you've never been on this podcast, then you guys need to know this. Go back and listen to one of my episodes. I think it was like in episode 40 or something. So it's pretty far back. But um, I, I was talking about my cystic acne journey and the health journeys that I've had. And my gosh, that was one of the worst symptoms ever. I started breaking out at nine years old, Katie, and it wasn't until, I mean, probably 22 that I really got control over this. I mean, it was horrendous at one point at the level of, I don't want to leave the house because this is just yeah. unlike anything that the people around me have seen before. Really embarrassing. And my point is, I know what acne does for people because- Yes, is any chronic health issue going to eventually lead to doing online searches in today's world? I think so. But I feel as if acne was one of the original conditions where people were in these online forums searching stuff. And you can read about any therapy, the weirdest things that you've ever heard of for people getting a health issue under control is definitely there for acne you could literally go guys right now on forums and hear people suggesting to take your own urine and make it as a face wash and they are not kidding they are absolutely not kidding and um and you know we're laughing because we get this stuff but the truth is it's very sad that people are that desperate for answers with this condition that they will i mean i want you guys to actually think about how bad of a place you need to be in to say i'm gonna go pee in like a bowl and take this and put it as a face wash for myself. You're at a pretty low point, but it humiliates you. And it's the first thing people see is our, is our face. So it, it's a tough condition for sure. Um, so you're looking up this stuff on YouTube. You're going to this person. Were you like, what was the first thing really that made progress for you where you're kind of sold now on, wow, maybe this natural thing actually is working because usually it doesn't clear us up completely, but we kind of get those beginning wins where we say to ourselves, huh, maybe there's something to this natural thing. Yeah. Yeah honestly getting my period back because like everyone was always telling me like at the time they were like 
once you get your period back, once you're ovulating again, like everything, all your symptoms will kind of start, start to kind of level out basically. So like, I think it took me about a year to get my period back. Like now, now knowing what I know now, when it's so much easier to get it back, like way faster. But yeah, once I got that back, that was like the motivation I needed to basically keep going. And then once I did get that back, I actually, that's when I started studying nutrition school. So I went to uh, CSNN based out of Toronto because I live in Canada. Um, okay. I went there and then I did um, FDN after that, basically, so I could order labs and stuff for, for my clients. Well, this is amazing. What were you doing career-wise before this? Um, honestly, a lot of different paths. I was into like sport marketing for a bit. I did study like health sciences at a university called Dalhousie. Um, so I was always kind of into health, but it was definitely more like traditional conventional medicine health, um, not so much like naturopathic health. Um, so yeah, I was doing that sports marketing job and I, then I became a personal trainer for a little bit. So that's what kind of got me in the industry a bit more. And then, yeah, then I went back to school and became a nutritionist. Okay, cool. I was just wondering because yeah, like sometimes people will talk about, Hey, I became an FDN. I'm like, well, what the heck were you doing before that? Because yeah. most five-year-olds are not aspiring to be FDNs at this time yet, unfortunately, right? I don't know many five-year-olds telling mommy and daddy yeah. they want to be a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner when they grow older. So yeah. it's always cool to see how people um, get into this. I just talked to an automotive engineer uh, the other day that just you know completely switched careers around. And then he called automotive engineering his hobby now. I'm like, said no one ever. Who the hell has that as a hobby? Yeah, right? So th- that was pretty cool. We get some interesting people. People here at FDA for sure. <laughs> so when you're going through the course, what were you finding on the labs? Because for those that don't know, in the course tuition, we actually include lab tests that we recommend people use um, and that we teach in the course. So what were you finding on those? Did you still have a lot of healing opportunities by the time you went through the course? For the labs that I ran on myself? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've actually ran them like a couple times since the first time that I did it with the course. Cause I, I honestly do them all. Like I do with the HTMA, the GI map and the Dutch test every year on myself, or at least I try to, um, Good. just to kind of keep up with everything and, and just continue healing. Um, but yeah, I remember like the, 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 I know that we didn't do the Dutch when I was, um, in FDN, but it was, it was something similar. It was like a saliva panel, I think. Um, that one, yeah, it was like really low progesterone and very, very depleted cortisol, like just no circadian rhythm at all, no CAR, nothing like that. And then the GI map, I believe I did as well. And I remember being H. pylori there and just like create, it looked like it lit up like a Christmas tree. Like it was just like so much dysbiosis going on and all that. So there was a lot for me to work on and your product, like the, the FDN mentors definitely helped a lot in terms of like navigating different protocols and everything. So yeah, it was very useful for sure. Those guys are the best. And acne, I think, is something that, I mean, listen, FDN is a philosophy intentionally designed to address everything non-specifically, right? Yeah. I mean, we should be able to handle just about anyone. But, And, and I, I'm sure I'm biased here just from having dealt with this myself. But I have to say, I would imagine acne is one of the best things for the FDN system for this reason. Yeah. You know, you can look so healthy in every other damn way. You might be fit. You might have, like you know, normal weight, everything else is going good. The blood work looks normal, but acne could still be there. I I call it like one of these primary symptoms. And that's not just so people don't quote me on it. It's not like a clinical term. It's just something I've made up and noticed in my life yeah. where, where I say like a primary symptom. It just seems to be like one of, 
if you're prone to acne, one of the first things that you could get, and I, I know this because like everything else goes so well for me, but if I'm under a lot of stress still, I could break out. Or if I messed up, oh my God, you're going to laugh at this one. I hadn't had dairy like for real in years. Yeah. And we've been, te- my girlfriend and I have been testing stuff. So I had some cheese, no problems there. And then have you ever, uh, this is like a niche product. Have you ever heard of the keto brick by the Robert Sykes guy or whatever his name is? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. I don't know about it, but yeah, I've heard of it. Okay, really great product. I mean, if you're into keto, I, I recommend that for sure. So I was trying that out. But when, when we got them in, it was like crap because the only protein source in all the bricks is either pea protein with brown rice protein or you get grass-fed whey. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, it's been years. The cheese went well recently. I'll try the whey. Katie, I have not gotten um, a cyst like under my chin and jawline, which is where I always used to get it yeah. in probably a year and a half when I screwed up last time yeah. uh, just by doing something stupid. And literally today it came right up and I had that grass fed way two days ago mm-hmm. and my skin looks great right now. Uh, but that came up immediately and I was just like, wow, how many people have no idea that dairy's doing this to them or they maybe only eat dairy quote like once a week or every two weeks because they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. But let's be honest, those cysts last a lot longer than one to two weeks, right? This is going to take like three weeks to probably get off of me. Yeah. So yeah. if you keep cheating every now and then and not giving it an honest shot of abstinence, uh, you're not going to realize what actually is working and what it's not. Yeah. Um, now, now you mentioned the stuff about diet culture and just for those that are listening, I might take, especially if you listen often, I might take a slightly a different approach with this podcast because I'm just so excited to talk to someone else who gets the acne thing and is working with people with this. This is amazing. I'm, I'm curious what else you have found to be extremely useful uh, for your clients and like serving them with the acne stuff. Cause I even heard you mention HTMA, which is something that FDNs are very big proponents of, but we do not teach that in the main course at this time. Yeah. So like, what else have you discovered that is just like, all right, I got to use this with every client. Um, or I, I use this very often at the very, least yeah i wouldn't even say it's like certain products or anything like that like nothing specific i really try to teach my clients like never go to the extreme with anything like healing your skin (laughs) is all about supporting your metabolism and your body wants and loves balance right so i never like there's not really like one supplement or like you know what i mean like i when people come to me they're always taking like a million supplements and like nothing's working or they're cutting out a million foods they're going on diets and everything. And like, what I really want to do is like take a big step backwards and just kind of avoid things that are going to increase stress, which is going to lead to compensation in the body and end up suppressing their thyroid. Um, so when necessarily there's any like one important thing from an HTMA perspective, like definitely looking at those tests for like a year, over a year now, um, calcium shells can be a huge, huge part of acne for sure. Like that's just patterns that I've noticed in my practice um, but when it comes from like a more overall perspective, like I try to kind of look at acne as like, okay, there's five main root causes or five main aspects of your health to heal and work on in order to get clear skin. Um, mm-hmm. so usually like I'm actually going to make an acne program around this eventually, hopefully we'll release it maybe next year or later this year. But, um, like stress is a big one, like you mentioned, or sorry, any sort of like nervous system, blood sugar balancing stuff, nutrient deficiencies are another big one. Gut health is a huge one. We talk about that lots in FDN. Um, Hormones is another big one. And then detoxification as well. It's just basically our skin, like I always tell people this, but our skin is basically a direct reflection of our detox organs like our liver. So we always want to pay close attention to that. That's really, I mean, not that I want to just pick on one point, but I mean, we'll end up talking about all of them, I'm sure today, probably with the detox thing. It's 
we don't want to oversimplify it, right? Detox is incredibly complicated, but at the same time, I mean, fundamentally, that is what I've seen as well. There is, yes, you need the genetics to be prone to acne to some degree. There are some people that can be sick as dogs. They could have cancer and five different autoimmune diseases, and they've never gotten a breakout in their life. I, I do believe that there is a genetic component to it, but you're still operating under this truth that genes load the gun and environment pulls the trigger. So what else is going on to trigger these genes um, and get that acne going? And, you know, in the most extreme forums on the acne stuff is, my God, I've read everything under the sun over these years. You would find this stuff, and I'm not recommending this. This is certainly not medical advice for people. You know, always check with your doctor if you were going to do something extreme like this. But one of the almost guaranteed ways for even the most worst case of acne to clear up is people will do these seven day fasts, like even like a water fast or very limited food fast. Now, again, I'm not suggesting that, especially if you've never fasted before, that's pretty crazy. And you know, you can get yourself in trouble pretty quickly with that. But it's like, what is actually happening then in a fast that is allowing these people to actually achieve clear skin? I mean, sure, you're inducing autophagy. Sure, you're getting into a state of ketosis. But I mean, fundamentally, you're giving the body a break. It doesn't have to digest all this food. It doesn't have to... Well, it's still detoxing, right? But it has way less to detox since it's not also dealing with this caloric load. And I just find it ridiculous and almost ironic how so consistently that will work for people. I've actually never met someone that didn't go to those extremes that it didn't work for. No matter what they tried before and what did or didn't work for them before, that always seems to work. And that's why I believe like, yeah, fundamentally, there seems to be this overload of toxins uh, from our today's world. Because it's like no surprise there, right? Yeah. But there's many things that we can do to improve that detoxification process that don't have anything to do with fasting for seven days necessarily. Yeah. Um, right? There's other ways to do it and not get extreme like that. But um, you mentioned those other things too. So what are you typically finding? I'll just start with the hormones. Um, what are some common patterns that you're seeing in the people? Well, I believe it's women that you work with primarily yeah. with these skin issues. Are there patterns that you're noticing? Yeah. So androgens are, is the big one for, um, for acne, especially cystic acne, like jawline acne, like you were talking about, that usually is a big indication that it's hormonal and there's a lot, a lot of androgen metabolism work that needs to be done. So I usually kind of confirm this with a Dutch test. Um, you know, sometimes it could be stemming from like low progesterone and they just have like an androgen as well as estrogen dominance picture, or, you know, sometimes their DHEA metabolites are off, their androstenedione's high, or something, they're eating something or doing something like being stressed out all the time or whatever that is stimulating their adrenal glands to produce a lot of DHEA. Something like that usually is the indication of, of hormonal acne. Um, yeah, I would say androgen is probably the big picture there, but with that progesterone comes along as well. That's interesting that you mentioned the DHEA thing because um, for those, well, when you go through the course, you'll remember this, how we talk about this inverted ratio, right? And you normally see on most people tanked DHEA and tanked cortisol at the same time. And it creates this kind of inverted ratio. Now, what most people forget, I think, because it's not relevant to them when they do their tests, is Reed talks about this phenomena that he noticed in his practice after running labs on literally 10,000 plus people. He noticed that a small percentage would have the opposite, where the more stress that they're under, the cortisol tanks, yes, but the DHEA spikes super high. And when I went through FDN five years ago and ran, well, at the time it was like the BioHealth 205, my DHEA was five times the upper end of the reference range for a male my age. And just like you said, sure enough, 
terrible jawline acne. I mean, just acne in general, right? But definitely the jawline stuff was the worst. Yeah. Um, and again, five times above the reference range in conjunction with tanked cortisol at the time, like exhaustive phase cortisol, basically. Yeah. So how crazy is that? Yeah, that's, that's insane. And your DHT was probably like sky high too. And your aromatase is probably upregulated as well. I know like that exact picture because that's why I deal with it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and you could be totally correct. The BioHealth 205 didn't have either of those markers on it at the time. So that would be Access Medical Labs, I believe includes both of those. Um, and certainly the Dutch is going to cover a lot of this. So yeah. Um, yeah, for those that are trained in it, the Dutch is a wonderful test for those that want to take the hormone stuff to the next level and we do offer that training at fdn um and especially if you're going to focus on a condition in your niche that is so heavily hormone related for the worst pictures of it um yeah you, you got to use something like the dutch if you really want to be the ultimate practitioner in that sense i think yeah um so you mentioned some other things too i, I believe okay so we touched on the HTMA stuff well sorry we touched on detox we touched on hormones what were the other three out of the five things that yeah, so nutrient deficiencies is a big one. Um, okay. yep. Usually not like a, the whole entire picture, but usually people with acne do have some sort of nutrient deficiencies and especially mineral imbalances. And that's kind of what I what I aim to do with the with the HTMA test, at least rebalance the first four like main macro minerals like sodium, magnesium, potassium and calcium. Um, but yeah, there, there's tons of different like nutrient deficiencies that can cause acne, like retinol. If you're deficient in retinol, that's a big one that causes acne. Same with like vitamin E. So a few different ones as well. So that's another one. Um, stress, like I mentioned, just your your body's ability to respond to stress. So that HTMA kind of covers that as well. And it's been at the Dutch also with the circadian rhythm and cortisol pattern. Um, and then gut health as well. And we all know that different different you know, dysbiosis, gut bugs, all that can, can definitely manifest in your skin. <laughs> cool. And we'll, we'll break every one of them down. The retinol thing is such an interesting comment because there might be people in uh, listening to this that are kind of like, wait a second, I think I've heard of that. Isn't that a cream? Yeah. Like, no, it's not a cream. It, it's something similar, but people don't realize this is how important this nutrient is. So retinol is a different form of vitamin A, and you can get that as beta carotene, but you can also get it as retinol. Now, retinol is so powerful that if you ate, you can get uh, natural retinol from like beef liver and stuff. If you ate excessive amounts of that, there are certain... Um, ethnicities basically that could become vitamin a toxic because of the overload of that if they ate enough beef liver now good luck actually doing it right because yeah. most people have the opposite problem yeah but guys some of the most effective treatments for acne out there are vitamin a derivatives accutane isotretinoin is a vitamin a derivative it's a synthetic version of this yeah and then what's the other one is it tretinoin is that like a retinol yeah. type of thing i believe yeah there's lots of yeah. retinoids yeah there you go, right? So it's just kind of amazing. You can always look. There's always little hints in the pharmaceutical industry. What's really working for them? Go back to nature and figure out what they knocked off from it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then you can kind of, um, you know, kind of learn from that. And I know so many people love uh, Autumn Smith from our. Actually, she's an FDN and she owns a a business out in Colorado called Wild Pastures. But she also owns something called Paleo Valley, which many people are familiar oh, yeah. with. And they, yeah. And they sell these organ supplements and so many people take them. And again, Katie already described, you don't want to oversimplify this by just taking one supplement, but many people do find that it improves their skin. And the main reason for that is most likely because of the vitamin A that's found in these uh, organ meats. So that's kind of cool there. Yeah. The one thing, not to jump all over the place, but the one thing that you said 
regarding the HTMA, which is regarding nutrient deficiencies. So I guess it's on track. You mentioned a calcium shell. And for those that are not familiar with the HTMA and a calcium shell thing, could we kind of break that down for them in case they're a little confused about what those two things are? Yeah, basically. So it's when um, calcium is accumulating in the tissue. So you'll see it over like 100 on um, on an HTMA test. And most of your, your calcium should be in your, your bones and your teeth. Like 95% of it, I think, should be in your bones and your teeth. But sometimes, like, even, like, things like megadosing vitamin D, that can create a calcium picture. Or, you know, showering in hard water or drinking hard water. Like, there's lots of different things that can kind of create a calcium shell picture. And over time, like, I've I've definitely seen it cause acne for sure, along with other things. But, yeah, from an HDMA perspective, like, tons and tons of people with calcium shells have, have really bad acne. Okay. Interesting. Now let's move to the gut health thing. It's the, and I love that you mentioned gut health, but it is not the only thing because I think that's another problem in the holistic space. People, if they finally can get away from treating their skin, they somehow get away from that paradigm because the irony is guys, if you really want clear skin, the skin itself is probably the last thing you need to look at. And that is not a place of ignorance. That is someone who has suffered with severe cystic acne. It's when I finally went away from the skin that I started getting results with this stuff. I think the next thing that we become dogmatic about is the gut health thing. And they think it's only that. Well, no, clearly from what you said, it's multifaceted. There's many things going on here. However, gut health is still relevant so same question what patterns are you seeing with people um on like the gi map or whatever it is that you run like what's coming up commonly for these women with this acne yeah usually zonulin's pretty high and like with zonulin it comes with you know high secretory iga high anti-glidin like on that last page of the gi map usually that one's the one that's like really lit up like we don't normally see a ton of candida with acne um not to say that it's not possible it definitely is but not really a lot of candida sometimes h pylori and sometimes like dysbiosis or opportunistic bacteria that's overgrown but i would say the big one would be um the last page is always the one that's super high like the yeah the leaky gut markers cool well and okay you kind of beat me to it at least what it implies but just to be clear for people what does that high zonulin mean like what is that a marker of yeah so it's a mucosal barrier marker so basically your intracellular tight junctions are going to be a little bit more open and that can you know allow pathogens to come through easily it can create food sensitivities because you know large food particles are coming in and your immune system's attacking them yeah it's it's definitely like basically a leaky gut marker like if you have really, really high zonulin obviously we don't diagnose but it is a good indication of leaky gut Cool. Okay. So this is interesting because again, I never really have someone who's also like beat this condition and actually works with this regularly. It it just, it's usually a small thing for people. Um, Like maybe they had another health condition and the acne is not the main thing, but clearly for you and I, it was uh, some of our main stuff. So I'm more than open to being challenged here. I'm just curious what you've seen on your tests because I, it doesn't mean that this is the only thing guys, but I would go as far as to say that no moderate case of acne is even possible without an unnatural level of intestinal permeability. And I say unnatural because yes, guys, our intestines are always permeable to some degree. So I mean something like leaky gut. I just haven't even seen it to be possible. Do you think, uh, am I talking out of my butt here or do you agree with this from what you've seen? Yeah, for the most part, I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Have you seen someone with like, you know, decent zonulin that still had severe acne? Um, I, I think I would kind of be like that. Like my zonulin wasn't too, too terrible and I had pretty bad acne, but a lot of mine was hormonal acne. Okay. Got it. All right. That's really interesting. 
So how, what is, um, I got to ask, like, I'm kind of jumping ahead with this, but I'm just excited because I know that you've worked with a lot of people. Yeah. What are some like client success stories? Have you had anyone that's gone the Accutane route and then that didn't work for them and then they came to oh, you? Oh yeah, every, basically everyone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well then, yeah. I mean, any story that comes to your mind because I think that's so inspiring for people. It's very sad when someone goes on something like Accutane and guys, Oh my God. I never get on here and bash Western medicine. I never try to speak from a place of ignorance, but please isotretinoin, which is the generic for what was Accutane, which by the way, they've had so many problems that Roaccutane is not even on the market anymore. It's under different things. Yeah. Isotretinoin guys was a chemotherapeutic drug. That's what this was. And then they realized as a side effect, an unintended side effect, that it burns out your sebaceous glands, the things that produce that oil, that sebum, which, you know, it clogs the pore and then you get this acne. And now we give that to pimple-faced teenagers and make them sign a packet for, oh, I'm not going to get pregnant while I'm on this. Or, hey, oh, by the way, this could technically, in theory, kill you. It is a minimal chance, but it could kill you. And we give this to pimple-faced teenagers and other people that are very desperate for this. So, no, I don't think that's a joke. Um, It's acne. It's acne. We need to be doing the other things and not giving people these crazy drugs for this stuff. Um, And let's not even get started with all the antibiotics. So I'm I'm sorry, but that's just, I'm I'm so passionate about that because I filled the prescription, Katie. I don't mean to sound like dramatic or like a movie moment, but this is literally what happened. I filled the prescription. I, it was, my skin was so bad. It was so, so bad. And I'm sitting in the car outside the CVS. I literally popped the one pill out of the thing. And I said to myself, because I was into the natural stuff at the time, I had just gotten into it and I knew I was onto something. And I said to myself, you know what, Ev, there is no effing way that you could be in any more emotional, mental, or even physical face-wise pain that you're in right now. So what do you have to lose by trying some nutrition stuff first? You could take this prescription in 30 days, give it a shot. I went all organic, sugar-free in 30 days. I lost 70% of my acne. And now I'm not saying the other 30% wasn't much tougher, but I, I never even considered the Accutane thing again. I said, get the hell out of here with that. Like, that was crazy yeah. that they were going to give that to me as an 18, 19-year-old guy. Sign this packet. By the way, this could kill you. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. So n- now I'm going to shut the hell up. I apologize. And <laughs> I'd love to hear some cool stories about these people that maybe were at the end of the rope. You said most of them come after have you, having used Accutane. Um, and then you were finally the person that could help them out. Any story that resonates with you or it sounds yeah. to be in accordance with that's good. Yeah, I think they're all very similar in terms of like a lot of people that still come to me do still think it's like a topical issue. Like they're still putting topical antibiotics on their skin and they're disrupting their skin microbiome and you know they're just pulling basically pulling apart their skin barriers so that you know your skin can't even hold in moisture anymore and your sebum is so completely dysregulated um so i think changing their mindset is honestly the coolest thing and teaching them that like hey no it's actually all internal yeah what you put on your skin can you know it can make things worse or make things better for sure but I really try to stay away from like adding a bunch of stuff to our skin. Like most of my clients that come to me, the first few months of us working together are we're not washing our skin at all. We're not, we're literally not touching it. We're not putting anything on it. And I think like just seeing people's kind of like reactions to that is is crazy, (laughs) but then seeing it work after time, right? Like, yeah, of course, you know, the first couple weeks they're going to get some detox reactions, just like when we're supporting their liver and their lymph and their bile flow and everything like 
your basically the acne's like been built up and it's just chilling under the surface of your skin and it's it's gonna need to come out but once you kind of get rid of that first like detox you know die off reactions um then you honestly start to your your skin starts to repair and just seeing that like transformation and their like minds are blown it's really cool <laughs> yeah I'd like to dissect that a little bit just to be clear about what we mean here. Some people do believe in this. Are we talking about a no water thing, no cleanser? Um, I'm not asking you to give away your secret sauce. Obviously, there's a lot more that you do than this. But just for the audience to be clear, what is a general regimen you're recommending? Is it is it no water, no cleansers? What does this mean? For just for like the first couple months, if they're one of the pe- like one of those people that have tried like every single like topical thing and like spend tons of money and like wash their face like three times a day, like their skin needs a break and their skin barrier needs some time to heal. And especially people with rosacea. Like I work with a lot of people with rosacea. Um, and that's something I dealt with for many, many years as well. And like, you can never heal it. If you're constantly cleansing your face, you're, you're, you're not giving your skin time to even like repair. Um, so yeah, it's just for the first few months. Like we literally put nothing on our skin, like just, just filtered water. Like you can just rinse it off. Like if you're like sweating or something like that, but other than that, nothing. Wow. Amazing. And I had heard about that probably I, even before I got into FDN, I think, oh man, what did they, it was, it wasn't like the caveman diet because obviously that's paleo, but they, they called it something else like the caveman facial routine or something similar. And it was like, you know, it just shocks the paradigm so much because again, we're, we're like, what? We need to treat the skin. I need to, I'm deficient in Clearasil, aren't I? <laughs> you know? And it's like, I'm not supposed to wash my face at all. And it's like, guys, well, you have to think about this. Do you really believe that tribes were running around with faces filled with cystic acne? I don't think you would probably believe that. I certainly don't believe that. Well, do you think they had a night? Oh, my God. Here's my YouTube 30-minute skincare routine before bed. Do you think they had that, guys? No. (laughs) Um, They they probably had better skin than half of us. Now, there's many factors there because there is the natural food. There's the fact that they're living out in the sunlight. There's a different level of stress. I mean, I'm not saying that their lives were fun, but there is a chronic stress that comes from our modern world. It's somewhat ironic because we have it better than ever before in terms of medical care and all these essentials that we could have met. And yet, ironically, we're probably more stressed than a lot of our ancestors because of certain things that we do in our modern world. So Yeah. yeah, it's the body's perfect. The body is made perfectly and there's a whole skin microbiome like you talked about. And when we're constantly washing our face and doing this stuff, yeah, that can kind of uh, be an issue. So do you find that you have a lot of resistance to people? Like what are they, when you're saying this to them, are they like, okay, I'm going to trust you, Katie, because I'm at the end of my line. Or do, do you really have to get into it with them to get them to do this? They're scared. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of like <laughs> education and like really breaking it down for them. Um, if they're not, and we'll never make anyone do like something that they're not comfortable with, especially like topical wise, like a lot of it's going to come from like inner work. Um, but yeah, like they're usually, they're usually terrified. And then as soon as they see the first like detox reaction where they do get like an increased amount of acne just for the first couple weeks, like they, they try to give up and I'm like, no, like push through it. Cause it's going to get so much better in a few months. But that's kind of like with all holistic healing, like it definitely takes time for sure yeah and i'm sure they just use that as the excuse right like katie it got worse either you're crazy i'm going back to all my creams and and potions and all this yeah (laughs) i know i know (laughs) yeah um it's just it's cool to see what you're doing it's exciting for me and it's i hope people out there really take this kind of seriously um i i don't want to I've never had a podcast like this where I resonated so much with the condition and we haven't had someone else to talk about acne yet. So I love how this has transitioned almost like into a little, 
you know, quick fire, rapid question thing and an acne intensive of sorts. So I think I'm going to continue that theme and I hope people appreciate this. Derek, yeah. what do you think about that? Or is that something universally that you're telling people to give a little break to, or do you find that's case by case? Yeah. So I kind of have like a bit of a different opinion, I guess, on dairy. Um, I think it, it definitely causes acne for some people. And so if one of those people come to me, I'm like, okay, let's take a break from dairy in a few months. We're going to work on your gut health and we're going to work on rebuilding your metabolism. And then we're going to try to reintroduce dairy again in a few months. Cause I do think dairy has a lot of benefits. I know it's kind of like demonized, especially in the acne world, but I mean, I think that's got a lot of benefits. It's got lots of retinol. It's, you know, balanced macros, balanced carb, fat, protein, um, lots of saturated fat, which is the more stable fat for sure. Like it's not going to oxidize in your body as easily. So it does have a lot of benefits. And I, I want to teach people's bodies how to utilize dairy and how to digest dairy. And once we can get them to that place, which I've seen it happen with tons and tons of my clients, then we're able to slowly start reintroducing dairy again. So maybe starting with like some raw cheeses or some A2 dairy or, you know, stuff that's like the proteins are a little bit easier to digest. And then we kind of build up that way. So that's kind of what I do with with dairy. But yeah, it is very, very common for people not be able to tolerate like their skin not be able to tolerate it. Very cool. I kind of had like a universal reaction to all forms of dairy before. And so we also need to remember, folks, there's different parts and components of dairy and one person might have a lactose intolerance which has nothing to do with the other like that's not even a sensitivity necessarily that's a literal intolerance because maybe you don't have enough of the enzyme lactase to break down lactose yeah. you could be sensitive to whey you could be sensitive to casein um and so that's probably my case now as i think based on what i've seen I, really it's probably only the um the way for me that's the issue because yeah i saw that i paid for that with the keto brick thing yeah. um but the cheese with my girlfriend because she's um definitely into the stuff that i'm doing but she's never had like a reason to be into the functional medicine side so she's very open to it and just curious as anyone would be but you know she'll eat like the cheese and stuff and so i've cheated with her a few times um i'm like okay like cool like i'll, I'll try this out and honestly the cheese just had no bad effect and it was freaking tasty and i loved it and i got that nice little opiate effect that the casein gives you know and i just felt great so <laughs> so i was like all right cool cheese and i can live without the whey protein that's for sure yeah um another one i want to go to is just again kind of rapid fire in here like a gluten type of thing are you i know that i mean pretty much every fdn for the most part is going to like universally recommend that no matter what the condition is but like have you found that to be a big thing contributing to people's acne or is that not as big of a yeah if it's digestive related for sure like yeah i don't usually recommend people eat a lot of gluten period like generally but um I think like fermented gluten helps people a lot like sourdough bread I think that like most of my clients can tolerate that now after working with me for a few months uh but most of the gluten is like basically fermented out of that but yeah if they have like a high zonulin marker disrupted mucosal barrier so any sort of like basically any sort of like gut issue that's causing them acne like we definitely gotta stay stay away from conventional gluten at least very cool. And then my last one, just to go off, like, I mean, not that every food doesn't get demonized in the acne community, depending on how deep you go. Uh, but you know, the other one I'm going to have to list is drum roll, please chocolate. So what do you think about that? Do Can people eat the chocolate if it's dark chocolate or do they have to limit it a little more for acne or do you think that's a total myth? Um, no, I don't think it's a myth, but it just depends case by case. Like I can have chocolate perfectly fine. It does not cause me acne. There's a few of my clients that it still does. 
Um, but I do think that like one day, once they're in, you know, a calm state, their nervous system's calm, their whole body's in balance, they should be able to tolerate all foods. Like even if it's like crap, like pizza and chocolate, like every once in a while, our body shouldn't have a horrible, horrible reaction to it every single time. Like we should be in a healthy Mm. enough state. And that's kind of like my goal with all my clients. Um, I definitely don't like demonize sugar a lot. I know a lot of people are like freaking out because like the insulin response and blood sugar issues from sugar and stuff and not causing acne. Um, I think like, again, like we got to teach our bodies and teach ourselves how to utilize glucose because glucose is our primary like source of fuel basically. Um, so we got to, you know, teach our body how to digest carbs and how to properly use glucose as fuel. Um, I think that's a huge part of it. And then obviously like, you know, rebalancing your minerals because potassium and sodium and even magnesium have like a huge, huge play a huge part in blood sugar balancing. And then also like pairing it with protein, pairing any sort of carb or sugar with protein is a good idea as well for people with acne. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't really demonize any food to be honest. Cool. And yeah, I just, you know, I kind of feel like we have the exact same philosophy on all those things. My whole thing is I try to anticipate what the audience is going to ask. And I feel like if you're an acne sufferer clicking on this for the first time, you're just hearing about myself or even maybe just hearing about Katie and you're like, okay, cool. I want to get her expertise and listen to her podcast. That's going to come up. They're going to be thinking that way. And so it's cool to get to hear your perspective on these things. Yeah. Now, um, Again, we record for around 50 minutes. We try to do that. So I want to make sure we're getting everything in where people can find you, stuff like that. And that'll come up in just a moment. I think the thing I want to finish on is you've seen, and I'm, I'm just saying it this way because some people don't agree with this, although I, I personally do for whatever it's worth. You've made it very clear multiple times by alluding to like hormonal or digestive, or if it's hormonal, you do believe there's different types of acne. So what it seems at least. So what are those different categories of acne for you? Yeah. Do you mean like in terms of like where on your face it would be or? Well, you had described like if it's hormonal acne, I mean, not Listen, I agree with that. Not everyone agrees with that in our space. They'll kind of call acne, acne, and you just need to do certain things. And no matter what it is, it'll go away. Um, I think that's oversimplified. So I'm just curious what categories you're dividing it into. Because I know a lot of people do relate to that where they'll be like, oh, I have hormonal acne, but they don't, they don't actually know what they're talking about. I feel like you know what you're talking about when you say this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So hormonal (laughs) acne, like if, well, you can kind of tell by symptoms, like if they have period problems, if they have like the typical estrogen dominant symptoms, like PMS, all that stuff, and they have acne to go with it. And it's like that deep cystic jawline acne, 100%. A lot of that is going to be hormonal. If it's more like surface level acne, it's probably a little bit more related to stress or, you know, it, it, it could be something they're putting on their face. It, it could be gut health as well. But usually gut health is like, blackheads, whiteheads, and like the deeper cystic stuff, just maybe not on the jawline. Um, So yeah, there's just like different little ways like that to tell. Detoxification, like if they just have really really bad detoxification pathways, like they're just so overburdened, you're going to see like almost like fungal acne on the forehead. I don't know if people like know what that looks like, but it's like basically like little dots or like little pimples, like just covering your whole entire forehead. That's usually a big sign that, you know, your liver needs some work. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, it, it can be different in everybody. Like, again, like FDN teaches all the time, like symptoms can be far removed from the cause a lot of the time. Um, but that's just like usually what I see in my practice. 
Okay, cool. Well, the one thing all of those categories had in common for the most part is none of them have anything to do with the skin, guys. (laughs) You know, it's not like your skin's messed up. There's other things going on that uh, lead to these things being manifested. Um, And and I do think it's... I get what certain people are saying, but I also get a little confused when they don't, I mean, they can't even acknowledge that there's any difference between these acnes. It's just like, you can see the difference. I mean, there is clearly a difference between a white head and a legitimate cystic acne type of pimple. I mean, like I told you that I got from the whey protein, I just don't get those. But guess what? I've been highly stressed the last year or so, and I get what you just called that surface level acne, right? It comes and it goes quickly. The cystic stuff sucks, man. That lasts for weeks to heal. The only way you're healing that quick is by doing that seven day water fast. (laughs) And uh, I am not in any position to be doing that right now that's for sure so you know um and it's just crazy looking back it's like that's why i think for a lot of people the acne stuff is tough because the last thing they want to do is have patience when your skin looks terrible i i totally get that and i resonate with it but guys the once the acne is there it takes time to heal the current pimples that we have um so we got to give everything that we're doing an honest shot whether it's stuff that we have tried online or stuff that we're getting as a direct recommendation from a practitioner such as Katie or myself we need to be really giving that an honest effort for some period of time to see if it made a difference in the skin because sometimes the activities that we take today or we engage in today lead to acne 3 days later and that acne we get 3 days later might take 3 weeks to heal so we don't necessarily realize that what we're doing is actually working on our body but we needed to give it some time so i think um that's just a very confusing and intimidating part for people how uh how long i mean if this is even possible to answer because i know everyone's different but is there a general amount of time that people that work with you can expect to be seeing some pretty solid results yeah so my programs are four months like my one-to-one like membership type things four months long and then they can continue or or cancel after that and usually after the four months you do see some good results but i would say like minimum minimum three months for your skin and a lot of the time like my clients are feeling a lot better digestive wise or hormonal wise like for example their period cramps are gone or they don't have any bloating anymore like they'll usually see that kind of stuff before their skin improves Mm -hmm. um but they're good markers either way like we know we're heading in the right direction based off that (laughs) yeah I'll put it this way, guys. I had chronic sinusitis, Meniere's disease, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, uh, GERD. Uh, I'm trying to like think of the list of stuff. My point is, though, all of that went away before the acne went away. All of that. I mean, symptom-free, 100%, no Meniere's disease, no GERD, whatever. And I can still get some acne to this day. So give yourself some grace. Again, kind of categorize it non-clinically as one of those primary symptoms it's just one of the first things that comes up for those who are prone to it as a warning sign that there's something going on in the body and you know what i think um and i don't mean to be just cheesy i I really do encourage people that i talk to to take this philosophy i would be grateful for that because is acne embarrassing yes is acne tough psychologically absolutely but you know what there's a lot of really beautiful looking people out there that their first symptom was an autoimmune disease there's some people where their first damn symptom was a freaking cancer or a heart attack i would rather have a few pimples and let my uh, my body let me know that that's what's going wrong with my body and i need to change something versus having one of those kinds of wake-up calls so i'm actually very grateful uh for me that this is kind of my genetic um how should I say that? The primary symptoms that my genetics show. I'm actually thankful for it in a way, if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, for sure. Me too. And like, I even, I have some acne scars still from 
um, just like my years of horrible acne and I, I refuse to get rid of them. Like I don't want to, cause I, it just is a huge part of my journey that I don't honestly don't want to forget. <laughs> wow. What a, wow. What a great way to put that. Cause I still get embarrassed about some of the ones that I have, um, depending on like how much sun I get or if like my beard's grown out a bit, you know, it's still pretty obvious. And actually after six years, I just finally started working on those a little more. Um, I have a light therapy studio that I'm opening up locally. So I've been using like red light panels. Yeah. I've also been um, shameless plug. I'm not affiliated with these guys in any way, but guys definitely check out Lyroset. Um, they, the wonderful organic company for skincare and I'm using their regenerative regenerative, uh, serum right now. And that seems to be working great. My mom's using that as well because yes, she also had terrible cystic acne. <laughs> um, like I said, so there is a genetic component guys, but there's also more to it than that. Yeah. Now. All right. Yeah, time flew. I expected that to happen today. So wonderful. And if you guys want Katie back on, please, you know where to find me. Leave us a comment on Podbean and get us checked out there. And we will uh, get her back on and tell me what you want me to ask her next time. But Katie, I got two more things for you. One is the obvious one. Where can people find you if they are finally ready to clear up their skin and they want to work with you? Yeah, so Instagram is probably the best way to get in contact with me. Contact with me. So my ad is holistico.katie. Um, that's probably where I post the most amount of information. And then my website as well is holistico.ca. So I have lots of like information about my services on there and then lots of blog posts as well. Cool. Now, my final question for you is the signature question on the Health Detective podcast. And we might go a little more general right now, of course, uh, outside of just like acne, it could be anything. But my question for you that I want to finish up with today is if I could give Katie, in this case, a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's literally do one thing or stop doing one thing. What is the one thing that Katie would get them to do? Um, stop eating seed oils and vegetable oils would be a big one. All right, folks. Well, that is it for our interview with Katie McCursey. I hope you guys liked the way that this episode went. It kind of ended up being an acne intensive of sorts, and I thought that was fun. I really hope that there's someone out there with this condition that learns something from this episode because I know as someone who, again, 13, 14 plus years of relatively, it was varying severities during those 13, 14 years, but I had no help. Like, I didn't know what to do. That's really what the scary part was. I'm not saying my skin's perfect now. I can get a breakout under stress. It happens quite frequently, actually. But I know what caused it. I know how to resolve it. I know how to keep it under control. And I know how to not let it get to a certain level. That's already kind of sucky when you know that this can happen from just kind of working too hard that week or something like that. It really stinks when we are breaking out and we have no idea why it's occurring. So I hope someone got something from this episode today. And I really hope that you're smart enough to apply this stuff. I know it's easy to get lost in all the information. And I would never be so arrogant as to say, oh, well, you want to listen to us and check this out. Well, the one thing I'll say is if you've seen my transformation photos, I did not use Accutane for that. I didn't use any cleansers at all. Actually, I stopped using them. I think this is one of the few things that I can speak pretty confidently on that I, I know a good amount about. And Katie certainly knows what the heck she's talking about too. So please listen to at least some of this, at least the main ideas, if nothing else, and get this under control, man. Life's too short to be living with health issues, let alone ones that make us embarrassed and not feel good about ourselves. We shouldn't have to feel that way. And honestly, life just gets so much better when we get this stuff under control. Now, if you don't relate to that, I assume you wouldn't even have listened this far. But man, if you somehow just listen this far and you don't really get the 
acne thing, I cannot stress enough, that's what it does for people, or to people rather. It really can affect all areas of your life. So let's get it under control, let's start feeling better, and let's get back to living, man. And if you guys like the information that we're sharing, just another quick reminder, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. It helps this information get out to people who need to hear it, all right? We're not out here sponsoring stuff. I know that we might have some changes just as a necessity kind of coming up soon, but we've gone 120-something episodes deep without ever sponsoring anything, not taking any money. We're not doing anything like that. This is to share this type of information, okay? And if you end up working with us, great, but we've never forced that. We've never pushed that super hard or aggressively or obnoxiously. It really is just to get this information out there. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you were finally ready to work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.